Welcome back to Even More News, the first and only news podcast. My name is Katie Stoll. Katie Stoll, that is mm-hmm. your name. Hi, I'm Cody. Hi, Cody. Joining us today for the first time is author, podcaster, host of the Unladylike podcast, Kristen Conger. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. We're thrilled to have you. It's our last show of the year. You're helping us end this year, right? By talking about some news. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure Um, it's all positive, right? Because it's only been good things this year. Only good news. It's wild. You know, after so many years of of bad news, it's just like all the bad news dried up. Only good news here. Had a good run. A good run for a full year. (laughs) The first thing we do here at Even More News is uh, highlight the holidays of the week, the day. So first up, today... December 15th is National Regifting Day. Jonathan included a, a good point in our notes, which is that you'd think that National Regifting Day would come after Christmas. However, seeing National Regifting Day really got my juices flowing. I've got a couple more presents to buy, one of them being for my nephew's girlfriend. She's like 19. What do you buy a 19-year-old girl you don't know? I think I'm going to give her something that I already have. You give her a candle. I give her a candle. You do. And that's, see, now that is an example of my favorite kind of gift to give and re-gift because nobody really wants to buy themselves a candle. It's, I mean, I don't know. I haven't done any research on this. I've got no data, but I certainly don't want to spend 25 to $30 on a candle. But if someone gives it to me, wonderful. Also a great gift to pay forward. Then you have a great candle. Do you think they made this, uh, Regifting day before Christmas to like just sort of nudge people to remind them to like think a little more about the gifts they give. Well, another thing Jonathan included that I didn't share is <laughs> this apparently started um, as like a, a something to do for holiday office parties. Mm. Oh, because you don't want to buy those people gifts. You really don't. But oh god, no! I don't want to buy anybody gifts right now. Yeah, they're not going to get my good candle. You know that I yeah. will give to someone else eventually, but. No. Yeah, exactly. Somebody you care about. Good candle, please. You got to be kidding me. December 16th. This one's weird. Unlike all of the other ones we share. Yeah, they're all normal. Barbie, Barbie and Barney backlash day. Well, Barbie and Barney are not the only characters to have graced our screens and limes, especially over the holiday season. These two can hit a nerve sometimes. On this day, we can switch off our television screens from their annoying sing-alongs and put away the toys scattered around the home. Perhaps it's time to read a storybook or try a different activity with children that don't involve Barney or Barbie. I think that this was created by uh, someone who never wanted to be a parent, but was pressured into it by their partner. They love their kids. They cannot wait for them to be grown up, right? Yep, and learn how to read themselves so they won't even have to handle story time. Like, look, I get it. Barney is not a pleasant creature, but... I should highlight you were reading a description there from the National Day calendar. You you weren't uh, an impromptu description. <laughs> Just like, excitedly, I bet it's this. Of this, like, 1998 fake holiday. My, my two cents was that last observation about the partner and this person not wanting to be a parent. And there's a lot to unpack there if this theory is true about our society and like the pressures we put on people and children and like finding your own bliss. However, I think this day is a step too far. This day is so weird. It's founded by wellcat.com. Like cat, the animal cat? Wellcat. Yeah. 
W-E-L-L-C-A-T. What is this cat live in Wells or is it like Well Drinks? They're Ruth and Tom Roy, and they're the creators of more than 70 copyrighted holidays as published on their website. And We've the highlighted annual... Wellcat before as a holiday creator. They don't know how much we use their content yeah, on this show. it's just like two people who make holidays up. But they made a company in order to do it? And they've trademarked? Do they Apparently, get Apparently. I feel like they're maybe, they have like an evangelical agenda or something. I mean. Barbie backlash day. Give your kids a book, like a good book, the Bible. I don't know. I mean, it just yeah. feels weird. But they also have bathtub party day. Okay, actually, never mind. Dimpled <laughs> Chad day. Dimpled Chad? What the not, fuck? No, it's like a food thing. Never mind. <laughs> no, not like a dimpled internet not Chad? Like, not like a... No, or like no, a no. dimpled, like, binding Chad. Like, is that what they're called? No. Chad's roasted in garlic make an excellent sprinkle topping for salads. So celebrate that on January 4th. I think that this is some sort of scam and we need to dig into this this company. They also sell herbs. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, we're going to, we'll do a deep dive. Maybe we should do an hour long video essay, but it's just for the podcast. And it's just about Wellcat. Yeah, I think this is important. Bulk herbs and spices. Okay. Before we move on from the holidays, I do think it's important to say that December 15th, which is today when we're recording, so not when you're listening, is the last day to sign up for open enrollment for the ACA if you need healthcare. So So if if it's Friday and you're listening to this, you missed it. You missed the deadline. Sorry, folks. Sorry to be fair of that bad news. There's a deadline in this country to be able to go to the doctor. It's wild. And if you miss it, you have to like be yeah you have to just like not have it and then know that you don't have it during the holidays because it ends before the holidays whatever yeah it's not gonna be don't go skiing this holiday season Kristen, this is the part of the show where we chat with you a little bit get to know you before we bum everybody out with the great news of the week so (laughs) we wanted to highlight a tweet of yours uh from last month and it was your first tweet (laughs) And it's a good one. Um, so does this mean I don't have to have my quarter anxiety spirals over ghosting Twitter to the likely detriment of my market value in the creator economy anymore? Can't wait to tell my therapist about this breakthrough. And I love that. It is so much pressure for us to be online. I love that you have it. You popped in for four years to do that. <laughs> and yet you are having success. You are building your career without needing to dive into that toxic cesspool. And I think it's inspiring. You would like to talk about that a little bit. <laughs> oh, wow. I am blushing so hard. That was the night that I got on Twitter when everyone was like, rip Twitter. This has been an amazing space. It's going down. Yeah. And I, you know, because I like to lurk, but I, <laughs> I, I haven't been actively tweeting since the Trump administration, I guess. And my first thought was like, all these years, it's finally caught up to you, Kristen, all that procrastinating, all the like, you know, when am I going to break my accidental Twitter fast? And I was like, well, it's kind of like the thing of like, well, if you if you have like an accidental death, like if you like died on the toilet and your pants are down, you know what I mean? Like, what is my Twitter? Am I just going to already look? It's already a graveyard on my account. so. One last hurrah, I might as well toss my hat in the ring. 
And then, God damn it, if the site is not still up. And so now I'm like, do I have to maintain this? I guess I need to, huh, I've either got to wind her back up or take her back down. Mm. I don't know. In five years, do another one. Yeah, yeah. You haven't fucked around with it too much. I don't know why you need to start now. It is weird. It's not going away. I didn't think it would, um, though it was fun to dream. It is it's definitely just, a less pleasant place to be. Yeah, it's just different and worse now. Yes. It's yes. definitely less fun for me. Yeah, it's less fun. Uh, well, it's been getting less fun, I think, for a while. Yeah. Just generally, I think just the vibes been off. Obviously, like people for the vet many, many years. But it seemed to sort of get to a, a, a weird point of just like everyone's just so angry at each other, even if they like each other. And then this guy decided to make himself the main character every day for $44 billion dollars. And it just has made the whole place not fun at all because it's mostly all there is. I do it too. I tweet at him and talk about him, but it sucks. I've actively stopped, and that helped my experience a bit. That's nice. The pressure, uh, seeing less of it, ignoring it, just doubling down on only tweeting about things that are very dumb and aren't going to actually cause angry people in my DMs and mm -hmm. my mentions. And I'm going to move on to a different question. <laughs> On your podcast, Unladylike, you have this Ask Unladylike segment and you field questions from listeners. Mm -hmm. Something I've always wanted to do, but haven't because I'm always like, I don't know. Who am I? <laughs> but I think it's also a really good community building tool. And like, it's a really good opportunity to learn from people and to see what kind of similar things people are struggling with. And is there anything that you've learned from answering those questions? Also, do you have any advice for someone thinking of starting an advice segment on their podcast. Okay, well, my, my advice to you on that is that all you have to do is ask your listeners for questions, and I know they will send them. And in my experience, at least, it's a fun exercise in also kind of sharing a little bit more about myself and my own experience. And I've learned so much from the various questions because rarely do the kinds of like uh, situations or conundrums directly mirror like my own lived experience, which both like gives me pause in terms of like, am I like a good advice giver? <laughs> like I will bring in a guest expert when needed to help me with that's some. That's good. That's responsible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't be like the the straight white lady uh, giving all of the podcast. advice about all, all of life. <laughs> and I was actually just emailing. This is probably the opposite of how I need to talk about my podcast. But uh, <laughs> I was just emailing a listener whose question I recently answered on Ask Unladylike. Um, she is a lesbian in her early 30s. She's femme, and she recently started dating a butch lesbian. And it's like a brand new dynamic for her. And she was like, I feel weird about this because I feel like I'm like somehow back in like a gender normie kind yeah. of relationship. And so I was like, ooh, this is what a fascinating little layer of, of dating to dig into. And... I didn't do a great job in answering the question because what I did was I brought in a butch lesbian who like kind of is in that role 
to give some advice from that perspective. But in the process, I didn't really give give enough attention or care to her side of things. And a, a listener kindly called me in on that. And so I was just emailing her being like, hey, just checking in about that advice. It wasn't mm. the best advice I've given. <laughs> and thank you for initially trusting me to share this. And, uh, you know, I'm learning as I go. I think that that's an interesting thing about it. You know, nobody has all the answers to anything, but it is very helpful to have the conversation. And it's also very important to be able to say like, oh, yeah, I could have done this one better. And without beating yourself up about it. And it's very, very appreciated when people kindly and respectfully point that out because then you don't feel like this because mistakes are human and evolving perspectives are human and you do your best and you learn something and then you grow. And that's is why I like the advice thing. (laughs) I personally find it's easier to give advice to people than to myself, but in the act of doing so frequently therapize myself. I'm like, oh, girl. Oh, yeah. Well, that was really well put. Why don't you <laughs> put your money where your mouth mm. is, you know, start journaling. Also, <laughs> I do feel like I owe my therapist residuals because half the time I am just kind of like <laughs> parenting. Honey, that's what you pay her <laughs> residuals every time or get them the residuals every time that you see them so much Great money. point. Great point. Expensive, uh, vital tool that we all should be able to avail ourselves of that is cost prohibitive. Mm. Yeah. I do want to quickly say, though, you know, for people who are like, oh, wow, unladylike, this is just a girl giving bad advice. It wasn't <laughs> terrible <laughs> advice. Okay. <laughs> it was, but it was a, a missed perspective. Please listen, y'all. Oh, my God. Okay. No, it's a good show. It's a good show. Well, then you listen back and you adjust. and Yeah, and we're going to, you know, and you're going to hear that question again, because really what Unladylike is, it's the same episode over and over Mm -hmm. and over again until I get it perfect. You just hone it, exactly. Yes, yes. It's a slow build. (laughs) That's kind of what it feels like right now for us when all the news is always Elon Musk or Donald Trump. Like, didn't we talk about this already? Yeah. Oh, no. There's more to say, and everybody wants to hear it. Hey, you with the mouth. I see you over there chewing and salivating and such. Listen to my words as I tell you about AG1 by Athletic Greens. It's a great way to treat your mouth to some fun and health. Doesn't your mouth deserve fun and health? It's probably tired of all the vitamins you're sticking in it. But you see, AG1 replaces your vitamins. It kicks your vitamins to the curb by replacing your nutritional intake with a single drink. In fact, just one tasty scoop of AG1, put in water or I guess milk, contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients designed for any lifestyle. Your mouth probably doesn't always have time to eat right, nor can your mouth Keep up with all the latest in nutritional news. But AG1 does that for your mouth. They are constantly changing their recipe to best suit your mouth's health needs. It's also vegan and keto and paleo friendly, plus only one gram of sugar. So let your mouth have it. 
Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com slash more news today. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash more news to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. Do it. Okay, we've procrastinated long enough. It's time for the big fun, the main events, the news. We're going to start off with something pretty positive. Some things we can talk about some bad parts, but uh, the Respect for Marriage Act was signed into law this week. Jonathan, why don't you set us up some facts here? Yeah, semi-positive. It does away with the Defensive Marriage Act. I wouldn't say it codifies Obergefell uh, v. Hodges and Loving v. Virginia into law because there's a couple of wrinkles here. But it uh, so it doesn't guarantee the right to marry, but it specifies that states have to recognize same sex marriages across state lines and that same sex couples uh, have the same federal benefits as other married couples. So the the few caveats here are that the Supreme Court could still overturn Obergefell v. Hodges and then uh, states would still be able to not allow new same-sex marriages in their states. So if you lived in, I don't know, Mississippi, you'd go to California and get married and then go back to Mississippi. And then Mississippi has to respect that marriage. Well, don't assume maybe you wouldn't be able to get married in California and you'd have to go to Mississippi to get married. I, you know what? Right? I, I do that all the time, Let's Cody. And you are right to, states. You're right to point that out. But also you're incorrect because mm. uh, what I said is probably what would happen. Uh, so it's a good example. Okay. Well, no, I mean, we can both mm. be right. Thank you. Uh, and then nonprofit and religious organizations. And this was the, the, the way they got uh, bipartisan support in the Senate. Nonprofit and religious organizations are exempt, exempt from having to support or host same sex weddings. Cool. But like other than that, semi Other than that, positive. Mm. it's hard because... At least at first blush, when this news was being reported of like, you know, passing, heading to the Biden's desk, it's celebrated as this this big victory when it's actually and it is in some ways, but it's so close, so close to getting there. And there's a lot of caveats here and ultimately it could get overturned. It, there is a pathway for something like that to happen. And it's hard for me <laughs> to celebrate that. Because it should be a slam dunk. Um, and I understand the different factors that go into why, I guess. But also, if Republicans aren't going to vote for it, why do we need to why do we need to cave in any capacity mm. when we've already shown that voters will follow <laughs> follow us? Like we we did well in the midterms because of abortion. Do you know what I'm saying? It it seems to me like I don't, but maybe I don't believe that completely because I do I'm not, I am a straight cis woman and i uh my marriage isn't being threatened you know in some capacity by not passing it so i, I certainly understand that this is a really big step in the right direction for for so many people yeah do y'all think that the nonprofit loophole as well is just an extension of kind of freedom of religion factor because it just always makes me suspicious with that just knowing how much money um ironically uh can go through those as well yeah for sure one interesting thing 
about this is I, I was reading an analysis of the legal merit of the Respect for Marriage Act and if the Supreme Court could just overturn it, you know, could they just like overturn any law? And the analysis suggested that the, the law backing it up is very sound with a reasoning that even, you know, Scalia a decade ago uh, or more ago previously supported. And so it's like they shouldn't be able to overturn it, but also yeah. shrug emoji, they they just overturn stuff they don't like these days. And so they could overturn Obergefell and then this law if they really we, wanted. And, the, and to be very clear, the reason why we're doing this is because the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade and because they signaled that they would come for this potentially next. So it feels bad that that's still something that could happen, you know, even if it would be hard to do. Yeah. Is the uh, the uh, the religious nonprofit exemption, is that specifically weddings or marriage in general? Like it's not like it's the language that they're exempt from supporting hosting same sex weddings or supporting same sex marriage, which is a lot looser mm -hmm. verbiage in terms of like, well, there, I mean, there are a lot of ways you can support and not support a gay like the existence of gay marriage because i'm curious how that will fly well why don't we just take a look and, and see why what we just take a look uh, <laughs> i'm gonna read from the law give me a law voice uh yeah something in that <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so this is uh, section 6b uh this is section 6b of the law and it states goods or services consistent with the first amendment to the constitution nonprofit so it's nonprofit religious organizations including churches mosques synagogues temples non-denominational ministries interdenominational and ecumenical organizations mission organizations faith-based social agencies religious educational institutions and nonprofit entities whose principal purpose is the study practice or practice or advancement of religion and any employee of such an organization shall not be required to provide services, accommodations, advantages, facilities, goods, or privileges for the solemnization or celebration of a marriage. Any refusal under the subsection to provide such services, accommodations, advantages, facilities, goods, or privileges shall not create any civil claim or cause of action. Hmm. So it's celebration of marriage. Yeah. Which could be so I many things. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, <laughs> religious freedom, freedom point taken. Mm. Good to know it's just the specifically religious nonprofits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they do. They do cut that out. Um, yeah. I didn't need to read that whole thing, but no, I did. We did it. And we have an answer mm. that helps somewhat. But, you know, not the worst news. Um, before we take a break, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about... Oh, yeah, the texts are pretty funny. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about this, but I do want to dramatically read some of the texts, so it feels yeah. like it's time to do it. I think that would be the most fun. Uh, just as background, Talking Points Memo got a hold of a cache of new texts between uh, Trump's final chief of staff, Mark Meadows, and 34 Republican members of Congress who were, you know, trying to overturn what happened in the 2020 election. Uh, these texts cover from right around the election, right after the election to just before the inauguration. 
and they are embarrassing for the seditionist representatives uh, uh, involved in them. Yeah. So how about this? Uh, why don't I kick us off with one of these and you can react to it and then we can start reading through a few more. This is from South Carolina representative Ralph Norman on January 17th. Do a little so, twist if you can. Yeah, so w well after January 6th, a few days before the inauguration. Mark, in yeah. seeing what's happening so quickly and reading about the Dominion lawsuits attempting to stop any meaningful investigation, we are at a point of no return in saving our republic. Our last hope is invoking martial law with a SH. Mm -hmm. Please urge to president to do so. That last one, all caps. Ooh, that was good. Any emojis used? No, no emojis. No, <sighs> no anger face, no sweat, no sweaty guy. <laughs> <laughs> sweaty guy. He the would American want to flag. let everyone know how sweaty he was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the voice, uh, I assume he's uh, in like a white seersucker suit with a fan of some kind, right? Yeah, he's, he's mopping his brow. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this text is a, a pretty remarkable for a couple of reasons. Uh, the misspelling is obviously not important, yeah, but I fun. think it's uh, funny that... <laughs> so a reporter reached out to him about it, <laughs> about the message, and he seems to regret misspelling Marshall, and that's it. That's it? Well, I misspelled Marshall uh is what he how he responded and then said i was very frustrated then i'm frustrated now i was frustrated then by what was going on in the capitol president biden was in the ba in his basement the whole year dominion was raising all kinds of questions he doesn't mean the attempted insurrection at the capitol does he because the text was sent on the 17th and that happened 10 days earlier right so what does he mean what was ha going on in the capitol I think he must mean the non-hanging of Mike Pence. Mm. Right, like he, we needed martial law to get that guy hanged. Let's read another one. I'll do this one. Texas Rep. Brian Babin, mm, November 6th. A good one. What's a Texas accent? Texas? Mark, Mark. <laughs> when we lose Trump, we lose our republic. Fight like hell and find a way. We're with you down here in Texas and refuse to live under a corrupt Marxist dictatorship. Liberty. Babin. Fucking signs his text messages. I love that for <laughs> And it says this note, Babin sent at least 21 texts to Meadows between the 2020 election and Biden's inauguration. He's got your number saved, man. I reject this implication that all these insurrection, insurrections are only Southern accent havers. All right, we'll give it a shot at this Louis Gomer. Gomer, Gomer, Gomer. Maybe, you know, there's like, you know, uh, New England folk, right? There's uh, all kinds of, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, the, maybe they're one of these, like, maybe they have little boat shoes, you know? What are they, Ringo? Yeah. No. Peace and love, peace and love. We have to stop the steal. Peace and love. <laughs> do you want to do one more? Do you want to do Gomer? Louis Gomer? Um, it's just a bunch of, like, little sweaty freaks just like floundering in their like in their little phones um like what do you mean a marxist dictatorship what do you like those words don't really go together um, it sounds like he's tweeting which is the yeah. disturbing thing that like oh god these people really when they say liberty they are being very earnest like what mm -hmm. yeah these uh these private texts do sound like public tweets like there's all that performative <laughs> like the ted cruz of like the freedom we gotta do that but this is how they talk 
The next one doesn't. This one makes me laugh. Specifically, Louis Gomer texting Mark Meadows. But I like this last part of it. Would it be possible to ride Air Force One to Georgia Saturday? I'd only need to ride down since I'd stay there longer. Also, if Prez had any time, I could drop by today. Would love to see you both. Thanks, Louis. Again, don't need to sign it. This is just so sycophantic of like, hey, can I hop? <laughs> can I stop by and see the president? And also, can I get a ride on Air Force One? Guys. I don't need a ride back, though. I, I, I've got my own transport back. I'll bring snacks. I mean, like, what, what, whatever you need. Yeah, yeah. I got the weed. Do. You got the beers. Some of these, it's interesting because a lot of these texts come from before, you know, the media called the race for Biden. So in that weird November 4th yeah. to November 6th time. And a lot of them were already sending Mark Meadows Newsmax articles about independent state legislature theory. Texas Representative Mark Green would literally just sent Mark Meadows a Newsmax article and was like, well, Dick Morris is saying that the state legislature can intervene and declare Trump the winner. As if Dick Morris knows what, you know, anything about this. Like, these guys are so deep. You, you think they're like above the standard, like right wing like Newsmax talking points, and they're not at all. It's just the they exact aren't. same. Yeah, that's all thing. they. Yeah, how they. That's how they absorb stuff. It's what uh, gases them up, right? This really feels like this was a planned insurrection, guys. Mm. Mm. Yeah, starting mm. to feel like it. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna be back for even more news. Hey there, little fella. Since we learned that our main demographic is children ages four to six for some reason, we thought we should speak directly to you, our child fans. Listen up, sport. The world is filled with scary things. Open sewers, for example. Dark rooms, loud dogs. Also, scam artists like that pharma bro, Martin Shkreli. And there's actually this podcast from Wondery called Scamfluencers that focuses completely on unbelievable but true stories behind some of the world's most infamous scams, swindlers, and con artists. Can you say Shkreli? It's like ska, but then relly, like belly, but with an R. If you ever see him on the street, be sure to tell an adult immediately. If you don't recall because you're a child, he got famous for hiking up drug prices before being investigated for all kinds of fun crimes. One could say he doubled and then tripled down and, with a little luck, will be forever known as just another bully. We hate bullies, don't we? And of course, Shkreli is just one of many bullies that this show covers. And you can follow Scamfluencers wherever you get your podcasts and listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. That's Scamfluencers. Scam, like a scam artist. Flu, like when you're sick. And answers, like, uh... Spencer's without the SP sound. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you kids. I, I really let you down. I let you down. And we are back as promised for even more news. We're going to talk about. Yeah, we're going to talk about Elon Musk. Sorry, but in a different way this week. Yeah, a little bit. So funny voices. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to do the. I'm going to do the inherit the wind southern drawl mm. the whole time. So just as you know, the last week, Elon Musk has been especially red pilled. He's been talking about the woke mind virus a lot. He calls it a mortal threat to civilization. Uh, obviously, you know, he says he strongly disagrees uh, that 
trans people are real people with real feelings in a in a tweet to scott kelly he tweeted follow and then the rabbit emoji a reference to QAnon. uh he of course had my pronouns are prosecute fauci and suggested that he supports anti-vaccine conspiracy theories but Kristen, you had a recent episode on your show about uh, men's rights activists and how straight white men fall into this pattern and what's going on with musk seems kind of similar to that to me and i'm wondering like what you think if this follows that same trajectory i think it does on the largest kind of scale you can think of because this is a guy with literally like financially speaking like the most power you know like how so the the whole idea of men's rights is basically that men are actually the oppressed people in society and feminism is the cause of it and women are the ones who are actually privileged so katie hey girl girl power <laughs> here we are and i was actually thinking about the the red pilling kind of angle of it as i was watching spending too much time watching people booing Elon on stage at the Dave Chappelle yeah. show this week and wondering, like, on the one hand, enjoying, like, the schadenfreude, of course, but also thinking, like, oh, my God, I don't know that him being booed and ridiculed to this extent to his face, like, this is not going to shake out well. Because no. when you put that into that layer of, like, personal, personal rejection, question mark, into the equation like yes all roads are leading straight to red pill and thinking about who his like fanboys and girls are on twitter like they are they're the ones who are going to be gassing him up with this kind of rhetoric mm -hmm. anyway so yeah i i i i think i think it lines up yeah that listening to you make that point it reminds me of there's just so many parallels between donald trump and elon musk but it's kind of like the white house correspondence dinner where obama makes fun of donald trump and you're like Ugh. now in hindsight we see this trajectory but yeah the public embarrassment certainly because feels like a a real instigating factor for him. It's like he keeps seeing that challenge to double down and make it go bigger even. It's like that kind of public embarrassment isn't uh, a cue for him to take a step back and reflect. It's, it's his opportunity to use that to his advantage or to keep trying to get other kinds of validation from the people that aren't turning on him, which are the bad people. Yeah, it's not good. Um, cool. Because it's also like it's a combination. It's like a combination of all this sort of stuff. Because he's like his position lines up with this ideology that he seems to be espousing. Like his view of the world is our like it's built up to be like this sort of right wing capitalist guy. Like even uh his first marriage. There's a piece from his first marriage from like decades ago. And at their wedding, he whispered to his wife, his that day new wife, uh, I'm the alpha male in this relationship. 
So he's oh. always had this sort of inclination um, and view of like relationships and the world. And most of his career, he's been like a PR guy. And now he's front and center. And uh, it's like it's exacerbating it. Like, I think he's always bit, sort of been there in that realm. But because of uh, being bullied uh, by certain people and then being encouraged by other people uh, who just want, whether it's to scam uh, other people or to ride the coattails or to get their sort of ideology uh, locked into the culture, it's just not going to turn out well, I don't think. I would like to be on the record that I'm pro-booing Elon. Yeah. You know, we certainly don't need to be, you know, walk, uh, tiptoeing around his feelings. And I wonder for y'all, how much of this do you think is purely just desperation to be considered funny oh, like is lot. that all it is he just it's wants to be it. thought of as funny I, he, wants cool. he wants to be respected and he wants to be seen as funny there's that story today of how he like wrote out he was in a meeting and he wrote out this tweet like oh if i had a dollar for every time someone asks me if trump is coming back on twitter twitter would be minting money and then he showed a bunch of the assembled executives there and then one twitter executive was like ah you might not want to tweet that out since it's like a really controversial issue and then he tweeted it anyway and then the, that executive got fired later that week well it's pathetic is what it is but uh it's been and you can sort of see this too you can track it like because he was in iron man 2 as a stark iron man counterpoint like oh look i'm buddies with iron man so he's always been again it's like this pr marketing himself as this guy but his actions and his words <laughs> slowly uh are more apparent and he's not necessarily likable or funny and you can even pinpoint there's like a, a year like 2018 where he started responding to the onions headlines about like his terrible labor practices and uh, apartheid emeralds and things like that and he responds to them like wow i the onion used to be funny. He loves the media that is there to like part of the function of a lot of these, like the onion is to make fun of people like him. Um, and then he gets in the position that is the target and then he doesn't like it anymore. And then you see the Babylon B doing articles about, well, look at Elon Musk saving Mars in a mech suit. And he's like, ha, that's funny. I love you guys. And then he, goes even farther uh down that road uh like that john the story you just told is absurd we know uh somebody who ended up who was working on a comedy project and he fired people who made fun of him and he just doesn't elon musk. yeah elon musk uh, he just yeah we know him and he, he fired himself <laughs> um we uh yeah um it's a, so it's like a combination of yeah not need like needing that because also being wealthy breaks your brain like it like literally like one of the like it uh, affects your impulse control it affects how you see people and your empathy um at a certain point and he's like maximum that um and i think he always sort of was and now it's like the impulse of like eh, look at this tweet maybe you shouldn't oh then i'm gonna do it um it's digging in your heels uh on these bad ideas and then claiming they're good and not being able to recognize any fault in your in your actions 
Um, he even said like early on, he's like, well, when I do Twitter, I'm going to have like I, I, the Lincoln approach. I want a bunch of people who disagree with me. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't at all. He absolutely does not. Um, and that is apparent maybe every single day. Yeah, maybe he's full of shit. Maybe he lies all the time. And uh. Lincoln was a lot funnier, y'all. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> funny Abe. Did, that's how he's known. Did yeah, a lot more uh, consequential things. Honestly funny, Abe. No, do, do you think if the Babylon Bee, like, hired him as a writer, that, like, this all might calm down a little bit? Like he could yeah. get his I'm probably not because he would post his headlines and we'd make yeah. fun of them for not being mm -hmm. funny. And it would keep like, but it just seems like he wants to be a comedy writer. And I get it. That's what a lot of people mm -hmm. want to do. It's tough. It's hard to be a comedy writer, but he and he can't get that. He can't do yeah. it. And then because it it feels like we either need to get to a place where we can like ignore what's going on week in and week out. But like we can't. He's the main character unless like. Twitter really does just kind of like die and then all the Tesla stock goes away and he just loses his his influence. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's he is losing his influence in real time. Um, it's it's just this it's weird because it's like there's so like all these like personal like ego things that drive his actions. But also, I think it's important to note that he does believe these things. He does have like a worldview and an ideology that lines up like there's a reason he's tweeting at Andy No and getting all these people to continue this like the discourse in this way. And he, you know, he's friends with Peter Thiel still. He wants to uh, populate the earth with his high IQ seed like he has this view of the world that is um, like strictly hierarchical and he th he thinks that because he has money he's the smartest he thinks if you have money then you're the smartest I think if, if you're if you have a high iq then you deserve money uh and all these sort of things and uh you know he thinks that he does think that yeah the wokeness whatever he defines as wokeness is like a detriment to society because his view of society is fucked up and his like vision for the future is actually fucked up he doesn't really want star trek he wants the expanse because he only likes the gadgets and the gizmos and the idea of being in space while he gets to tell people what to do, right? Well, it's also like I, he was initially hailed as kind of like this super innovative guy. And at least what he's showing us right now are just very old ideas. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there, mm -hmm. what, there's nothing original here. And what always... <laughs> What I somehow just like always come back to is something that y'all have talked about, which are like, okay, if Elon, not to be, not to be this feminist, but if Elon were a woman, a mother of how many children mm. and was obviously like spending this much time at work, I think, I think she would be removed. Like, yeah. when, like mm. talk to your kids. I don't know. Don't you have like That's 16 of them? point of how differently we talk about men and women, you know, and how gendered it is. Like, but like, yeah, like, oh, Elon Musk is a hero, but there's absolutely no, uh, to some people, conversation about how he's also clearly a negligent dad. I mean, his whole trans tirade when his children, one of his children is trans and he's demonstrably, like this, this Can't is- Can't win them all, he you says. call him a deadbeat dad, an absent father, uh, you know, not an active parent, it, you know, but he's Elon Musk. 
And well, yeah, because like, he wants he's uh wants to be Genghis Khan, right? He wants like, well, I'll just I I just gotta like make the kids. I gotta help make them, and then I'm gonna go do my five CEO jobs or whatever. But instead of doing that, I'm just gonna tweet all day. In an interview, I think shortly after one of his kids uh, with Grimes, they were like, "You're doing all this stuff, don't you have a like a newborn?" And he's like. There's not really much for me to do. Uh, you know, they're babies. Uh, you know, they need the mom. They need to sleep. There's no, there's not much for me to do. And it's like, are you sh- are you sure about that? A man who truly understands humanity and how we grow and learn and become human beings. That is depressing as hell. It, that, it's like, that's what I keep coming back to is just like your vision of like how things should be and what human beings are capable of is just like not aligned with like he doesn't he wants to be in like he wants everybody to be in their like their little like private car going off to their little jobs to mine on mars or something like that he doesn't want people to be connected even though he says he wants people to be connected online on his website that he owns but he doesn't even want to connect with his kids although he will sometimes he brought his uh, kid x to uh to san francisco um, which I guess is illegal to do on Twitter now. You can't like show the location of somebody in real time, but he did that with his kid. Also, yeah, it's every every tweet of his, it's I don't want to I don't want to do the Trump comparisons all the time, but like for every tweet of his, there's another tweet that is completely contradictory. It's the yeah. same phenomenon. Uh, there is a tweet for everything. I think we should move on because I would I love to talking about him. Let's talk about briefly something that Elon Musk had nothing to do with, but is a wonderful scientific breakthrough that maybe he'll take credit for one day. Who knows? Okay. That would be a fusion breakthrough, nuclear fusion. If you split atoms, you create energy. And if you uh, combine atoms, you make even more energy. Energy and mass are the same thing technically. And we just don't have the power and energy to fully appreciate and utilize that knowledge. But we're getting there. Getting there. Well, why don't we say what happened? The explosions of <laughs> science. I, I will, I will yeah, say a, a brief bit of what happened. Uh, so scientists at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California announced the first ever fusion reaction in a laboratory setting that produced more energy than it took to start the reaction. So they pointed 192 giant lasers at a small cylinder about the size of a pencil eraser that contained a frozen nubbin of hydrogen encased in diamond. That's right. In a brief moment lasting less than 100 trillionths of a second, the New York Times says, It's all you need. 0.05 megajoules of energy, roughly the equivalent of a pound of TNT, um, bombarded the hydrogen pellet, but it produced three megajoules of energy, a factor of 1.5 in energy gain, which inspires the question that if we can do that, we will have limitless clean energy in the future, mm-hmm. correct? Incorrect. <laughs> Potentially, with a lot of caveats, because um, the, en- I mean, the energy that went into the laser is not a part of this uh, s- discussion. I think it should so, be. So, like, the energy from the laser... The laser, the laser energy input was smaller than the output from the fusion, but the energy required to run the laser is a separate conversation. Right. Mm. So there's stuff to still figure out, but like 
we talk about, you know, like even just like harnessing the sun with solar panels and, and doing things like that. The sun makes energy with fusion. It turns hydrogen into helium through this process. So we're skipping it. We're going to eventually skip a step and just do it ourselves. Potentially. It's, it's a long way away, but it's if pretty people, incredible. Yeah. That if people can make money from it. It is. Exactly. People can make money from it. Um, Jonathan, you made a, a good point. The incentive of different industries of allowing that, you know, if this is going to decrease their profits. Um, there is a cynical element of what are the steps between now and then, and if we will be allowed to use this mm. technology. But, you know, right now, this is still a really, I mean, it's a very positive and exciting step forward. Yeah, clean of, clean of, uh, void, void of like culture and uh, politics and everything. It's incredible that human beings and life in general has gotten to the point where from you know not understanding any of our surroundings and walking around and grabbing sticks and like oh there's fire oh look there's a god in the sky and it brings us light and then it leaves and then another god comes up and it's slightly less bright from that to actually what it's doing it's a it's it, converting atoms which we can't see into other atoms and making energy and it comes here in the form of light we figured it out and we can do it kind of which is pretty incredible yeah it is exciting that we are not not all of us are getting stupider mm. you know there's yeah. still there's still some cutting edge mm. ideas happening that my little brain doesn't entirely <laughs> understand but People I that... know to be excited for it. Yeah. That feels good. <laughs> yeah. It's people that uh, go to their jobs and show up and care as opposed to just tweeting on Twitter all day. They don't hang out on Twitter all day. Don't there's there's a problem. Day, probably. I do so. like that idea that like no matter all this other shit is going on, all this stuff we talk about every week, there are scientists going and like plugging away at yeah. breakthroughs, like yeah. potential like decades in the making. We were talking, we've talked about it on this show, but in a meeting recently, you know, like the good news stories, we joked up top about how the last couple this year has been just only good news. It, ha it hasn't been, but a lot of the good news that we do see is scientific and that is truly inspiring and very exciting. And it does feel like that's our hope. Um, and I do have a lot of hope for it because we're learning and accomplishing incredible things. There's mm -hmm. so much left to discover and uncover and learn about the world that we live in. And that is pretty magical. Yeah. I think magic is, I think science is magic, actually. It is. We're I just figuring out how it works. I think it's actually magic. It's just, you know, the, the spell is. Really, really, really specific. <laughs> it's 192 lasers that are being powered by 192,000 hamsters running around in a mm -hmm. wheel. That's exactly. where the power for the lasers comes from. Oh, perfect. And also That's diamonds. Diamonds were involved. I mean, what a glamorous like experiment. Oh, we were talking, they were talking, you know, more energy than it costs. I'm like, yeah, but did you factor in the diamonds? Like, what was that? Mm -hmm. Where did you get that diamond? <laughs> we can make fake diamonds now. We can make fake diamonds. They're, they're fancier than real diamonds. They're more, uh, I don't, quote unquote, and a, perfect. A frozen nubbin of hydrogen is like, that costs like half a nubbin. For, yeah, exactly. For you put that. half a nubbin in, you get a full nubbin, and then you turn that full nubbin into one and a half heliums. <laughs> so we'll be running all of our like our heat and our cars on nubbins, like mm -hmm. maybe twenty twenty six. 
yeah, yeah. The latest. At the latest, I'm investing in nubbins a mm-hmm. hard for oh. 2023. Nubbin yeah. futures, that's where it's at. Don't mm-hmm. don't get these Trump NFTs. Yeah. Get a get a yeah, nubbin yeah, of hydrogen. Yeah, yeah. Get, yeah, get in on all, big nubbin. All in on nubbin. Have you heard the new Big Nubbin album? By the way, oh good, it's oh, so nice. I love Big Nubbin. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, Pitchfork only gave it like a seven point two, but I think they're just like, oh, everyone's talking about Nubbin, so we exactly can't, no. yeah, can't be. Yeah. They, they've got to be a little bit. Crunchy. They'll in like twenty years. They'll do like a, a revisit. Like, oh, we were we were wrong on this one. We or actually say like this. The original, well, the original left must much to be desired. This new remaster exactly. really. Uh, brings out the nutty beats of the nubs or they'll pick like a lesser heralded nubbin album and be like this is the real uh big nubbin that everyone needs to care about and you're like all right all right mark hogan exactly we'll be doing it by (laughs) putting little diamonds into some machine and shooting lasers at it (sighs) guys i think think we've done it no you want to make more jokes no i just i didn't mean to single out mark hogan the first pitchfork writer that (laughs) jumped into my head (laughs) I don't think if he's listening, he'll be like, what the fuck? (laughs) Shots fired. We're coming for you. Kristen, it was so good having you join us today. Um, Could you please tell our listeners where to find you other than Twitter? (laughs) Well, look, I mean, I'm there. Okay. I might not be tweeting frequently, but I'm there uh, at Kristen Conger. Or you can follow Unladylike on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Unladylike Media. And you can listen to the podcast Unladylike on all the podcast places. And this was so fun. I'm, uh, I can't wait to get rich off of Nubbins next year mm-hmm. with all of you. It's going to be a good for us. Nubbins. Yeah. first hot tip. Our first stock tip for everybody ever. <laughs> first and last. Uh, I guess that's it. I guess. You can like and subscribe do that and heck while we're at it i'm just gonna let you know that we love you very much say it much